The topic is Trek, episode 138, for Friday, June 2nd, 2023. Coming up in this episode, the band is back together on Paramount+. Plus. Lots of strange new worlds to explore. Who's the worst of the worst? We'll let you know. All that and more right now on The Topic is Trek. The Mega Villain Showdown. Welcome to The Topic is Trek, the podcast that runs on impulse power. Join us for a journey where no show has gone before. If it has to do with Star Trek, there's a good chance we'll talk about it. Sooner or later, because on this show, the topic is Trek. Engage already! Right, all right. He's 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 so bossy, that guy. I don't know what to say about that. Well, welcome everyone to another thrill-packed edition of the Topic is Trek. I'm Clinton, one of your co-hosts for the show. And as I always say, in order to be a co-host, there have to be other hosts. So, first of all, beaming in to join us from parts unknown with the hip new catchphrase that all the kids are saying out there, and it's not um shade, by the way. <laughs> Inside joke there. It's Mr. Craig Step. Sure thing, Herbert. Uh, I'll allow it. It's yeah. a little tie-in later. Her <laughs> thing, Sherbert. Sherbert. <laughs> that leaves me cold. And also beaming in to join me is Mr. Chuck Tomasi. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Happy to be here. Well, it's great to be back after our um, three-week hiatus, which I think we've got another one coming up because our next show will probably be for uh, beginning of Strange New Worlds, but we'll we'll figure that out as time goes along. Anybody been up to anything uh, fun and interesting? We had a fun conference in Las Vegas. That was mm-hmm. fun and interesting. Did and you then... visit Star Trek The Experience? No. They wouldn't let us in. They said it wasn't <laughs> not there anymore. The know. moose out front should have told you. That's right. <laughs> And then uh, for Memorial Day weekend, the last weekend in May, went with some friends up to Utah and saw Arches National Park and Canyonlands National Park. So that was fun. Yeah. The second I thought, you, I thought you said Archie's National Park, and it's been this Jughead and Veronica and Betty. Oh, I was thinking, oh, meathead, get your out of here. <laughs> I thought you were doing a Star Trek tie-in with Archer, Arch, Archer. Oh, yeah, okay, that might work too. Archer's National yeah. Park. Yeah, Archer's National Park. Well, the big thing I did is I downloaded, but haven't played yet. I've actually downloaded, because it came out finally, Star Trek Resurgence. Oh, right. So I am going to play that and give a report on that for our next episode. I'm sure the uh, same hilarity of Star Trek Online for that one. but um, You should start the uh, your review with, well, I went to the website and clicked the link and it downloaded. And it took approximately 23 minutes, you know. And then it went downhill from there for me, yes. A, a digital unboxing just doesn't cut it, Craig. <laughs> no. no, no. Right, it's a digital unboxing. That's right. All right. Well, we've got a couple of things going on this evening. We're going to give you some subspace chatter after we check in, of course. Then we're going to 
be giving you our picks for the top five small screen Star Trek villains. Mm. We'll see what happens there. Oh, I thought you said the top five small villains. Uh, Well, it's going to be a very interesting list, I think. Okay. All right. But we have to start things off by checking in with Charlie to make sure we're all set for subspace chatter. Wait, what if Charlie's on the list? Uh, well, he doesn't know that yet. You don't need all that subspace chatter. He's going to be with an attitude like that. Yeah. I tell you. (laughs) Well, regardless of what Charlie says, we're going to start anyway. So first up is the news that Star Trek Strange New World Season 1 is currently available to watch for free on YouTube. Mm, Interesting. Not pirated. We're actually talking about, actually from Paramount Plus, they are letting you watch it on YouTube. So if for some reason you have not yet seen these voyages, you have through June 30th to do so. And unfortunately, the promotion is only available within the United States. And by, and by the way, oh, that's kind of that sucks. But uh, also, as I was looking at, uh, I was scrolling through all their uh, shows, to, uh, videos to see if the, all the episodes were on and it were. And then uh, I noticed that they started releasing I guess a lot of their shows are premiering here around this time on their, uh, I don't know all the other ones, but I think uh, other non-Star Trek shows were also premiering. So they had a lot of uh, full episodes of a lot of stuff. Yeah. And um, I seem to remember they had, they've had various episodes of what we referred to last week as New Trek on uh, YouTube for free in the past. I don't know if they've released an entire... I don't recall them doing an entire season before. Yeah. No, this is kind of new, I think. Well, I think because the hype is so high on Strange New Worlds, this is to get to more people just in advance of its premiere. It's not a bad idea. Well, you know, my parents are old-time, you know, Star Trek fans. And (laughs) I'm like, have y'all seen Star Trek Strange New Worlds yet? No. I was like... You haven't. I said, that's the one ser- season or uh, series that you should be watching. One, uh, you know, whole thing. so I thought it'd be right down their alley. So I'm trying to, of course, they came back with like, well, it's because you hadn't set it up yet. Like, oh, okay. So. Well, tell them now I didn't have to set up anything. It's on YouTube. So that's there right. you go. <laughs> I did tell my dad that. <laughs> Let's see if he watches it. It's all for you, Craig. They did it all for you. I know it. Yeah. And you've got the next story. All right. So when the Trek movies began leaving Paramount Plus and going to other stream services last October, we had no idea when they would return. But now we have our answers. They're already back. Surprise. So as of June 1st, all 13 Star Trek theatrical films, uh, as well as the new director's cut edition of Star Trek, the motion picture are back at home on Paramount Plus. I watched the, I was actually looking forward to, I don't know what clicked in my head. I was like, I wanted to watch that motion picture one more time. Um, the the director's edition. And um, so I did. I watched it today. Ah, so that was the, yeah, uh, Craig uh, sent out a, a picture of just a Starfield and said, guess what I'm watching? And I guess, <laughs> I guess Star Trek Generations said, oh, no, older than that. I said, a Charlie Chaplin movie? Yes, yeah. exactly. That's, that's, that's what it. it was, a Charlie Chaplin movie. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But anyway, I, I have to say, uh, I was also, we were, we were kind of mentioning it in our chat a little bit. Um, I was listening to the, the Trek files with our, our buddy, Larry Nemechek and 
uh, they were talking about the motion picture and some of the, of course, all the background shenanigans that was going on when they were trying to get it out the door. And uh, so I, maybe that was what kind of clued me in to go watch it again. Yes, literally sound stages full of virtually wet prints just <laughs> laying out the entire floor. They're ready to get well, on planes. Well, what I thought was hilarious, uh, well, not hilarious, but fascinating was uh, when they're going to V'ger and they have the little walkway uh, bridge from the Enterprise, they said that they were working on, they had already done part of it and they were still working on the backside of it as they were filming on the front. So they were like, don't hit it. Don't, you know, don't shove it or anything while we're painting on it. Well, it's, it's kind of amusing then because the whole sequence there is them walking across and it's building. Yeah. And actually on the set, it was building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Self prophesizing. Art, art imitates life. That's right. All right. And next up we have Chuck with a, story here all right by now you've probably seen the latest trailer for season two of strange new worlds like any good trailer it shows a lot but gives away very little mm. we also got an extended look at part of episode two of the new season it features scenes from number one's court martial <laughs> so did anybody glean anything particularly interesting I, I i felt bad for the rest of the cast of strange new worlds for the first day or two because you release this entire trailer full of stuff and it's all it's Boimler and Mariner. I know. <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, I, okay. Aside from setting that aside, because that was the, that was kind of a big focus for everybody. Um, I like that little clip, the small, obviously clip with Spock and the Klingons drinking the blood wine. <laughs> and I'm like the Klingons, I had to, rewind it and look at look at it again because the Klingons look like the motion picture a little bit uh slat not TOS but kind of that motion picture look so it's like they change slightly again you know but it looks like a it looks like a fascinating episode no pun intended there fascinating episode oh right. indeed yeah <laughs> yeah I um you can Notice little things here and there, like clearly we're going to be having another encounter with the Gorn, and we'll have more about that in mm. a second. Um, and there seems to be a fair amount of a romance this season going mm. on. Yeah, um, various things with um, uh, Pike and the other the other uh, captain from the first season. That uh, right is um, his girlfriend, his girlfriend, the other captain. Um, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and then we have something with Spock and Chapel. Exactly, <laughs> Eric's. I'm telling you. And we have we have um, spot on. Spock and Chapel, and we have Mbenga almost looking at Chaplin as kind of weird. I don't know what was going on there. I know, right? Yeah, I was like, wow, she's really getting around. You got Kirk having a little chat with uh, Uhura. It's just like I, I don't know, I don't know what's going on here. Yep. And then lots of action scenes that were so out of context. I have no idea. We see destroyed ships. We see people uh, taking um, spacewalks that weren't necessarily planned spacewalks. <laughs> we kind of had yeah. to leave because the ship was improvised. Apart, you know, type yeah. of thing. That's right. Um. And they had that that classic, I don't know, it's becoming cliche to me now in, in Trek, 
because you have um, Ortega's landing the shuttle on the planet. And of course it's coming in really hot mm -hmm. and it, you then cut to a scene of a forest and the shuttle disappears into the forest. One, two, and then yeah. zooms back out towards the camera. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. we're beginning. That's becoming a Star Trek cliche that you. Well, not just up. Star Trek. I bet I can, I bet I've seen, <clears throat> excuse me. I bet I've seen that a million times. I, Superman, the Superman returns. The bop, the plane went down and it goes just like that. You know, after a couple of beats and it flies up. You go, ah, they made it. <laughs> so now, I mean, and it's also that it's no longer a surprise because you wouldn't linger on the shot if nothing was going to happen. Right. You it's know? either going to explode or it's going to come at you. Exactly. And let's <laughs> right. see, Ortegas and Pike and I forget who Spock or somebody. I, it probably exploded and that, that was the end of them, I'm sure, you know. Uh, we also looked like we had a glimpse that they were going. We were returning to um, Rigel, the the planet that um, Pike encountered. The, they had the castle. Mm. We saw the the clips from it from uh, the menagerie, and trying to figure that out because that would have happened before now because we've already seen Vina, mm -hmm. so. Yeah that adventure was prior to discovery, even Pike's appearance on discovery. So I, I guess it's either a flashback or they're making a return visit there. It, at least that's what it, it seems to be. That planet can't say for sure, but it seems to be. Didn't they use that same background in another episode of TOS though, too? Uh, they did. So it wasn't so much the, um, the background. I think you don't see the castle itself. It's the, the people they're encountering the way they're dressed. Yeah. It seems like it's that. And they've got big shields and stuff. Like, I should have known something when I saw the shield. He's like using a big shield. So I, it seems to be that. And then the, the court martial scene, it's really kind of just a, a real snippet of it. It was interesting. Uh, what did you think of the new uniforms, the new dress uniforms? That um, did, you, did you, wait a minute. Did you watch any of this, Chuck? Nope. Okay. I thought the the uniforms look cool, like a very very cool like uh, callback to the TOS ones where they have the formal uniforms when they're in courts, courts, <laughs> you know, when they're, they're in tennis. legal proceedings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had the little, uh, not lace, but the um, kind of gold fringe all over it. Yeah, they haven't gone. They haven't cool. gone to the scant yet. No, no scants. Um, the I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready for Pike to walk on the bridge with a scant. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> well, the interesting thing was they, they have the same triangular um, medals, if you will, on the uniform, mm -hmm. but rather than being um, fabric, they are like pins. Yeah, but they're all, they're literally clustered together so that the more you have, they make different patterns out of them in the triangular shapes, how they fit together. Right. Which I thought was an interesting way to use that. And, but also modernize it a bit, give it a bit of a, a new spin. And we get the return, although it's bigger and clearer, of the data cubes. Oh, that's right. From TOS, the, the little ones are kind of the size of a three and a half inch floppy disk. Well, they're they're bigger than that now. I, I but, did notice that they uh they were dropping um they also you're talking about the little cards. 
Well, the little, the, the disc, like you would have, like they would always have like the handful of discs in TOS that they would put into the computer. They, so in this scene, it was a yellow one and it was a bit larger and it, but it was uh, transparent and they were putting it into uh, the like computer. Like, (laughs) well, that, that kind of coloring, but uh, you know, kind of, I mean, it it kind of looked like, like, like that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's interesting because that kind of, almost helps you make a connection between that and an isolinear chip being transparent like that. So. Right. But these came before the ones on TOS. Right, but that's so. that's, well, yeah. Was but, it like the eight inch floppy to the five and a quarter inch floppy to the three and a half inch? And then well, this the is, SD this cards? Is kind of like, this is almost like um, going from a zip to an, a, a, to a three and a half inch, you know, the, the strange and world is using like a zip size and, Strange New World, you know, as far as the thickness of it going there, kind of downscale it. So it's it's more advanced on TOS and that it's smaller and it's not opaque, though. So If you have no idea what these terms right. mean, kids, look it up on Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So next up we have, let's see, let me kind of get this here. We've got... Uh, One more story for you, I believe. Yes. The episode titles for season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds were recently leaked. Whoopsie. Oops. There aren't many spoilers in the titles, but we can automatically tell you when the Lower Decks crossover will happen, since episode seven is titled Those Old Scientists, which is what Brad Boimler claims to what the initials TOS stand for. Also, episode 10, Hegemony, appears to be the episode that will feature the return of the Gorn. We also speculate that tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow might be the episode that features Lan Noonien Singh and James Kirk on modern day Earth, as mm. TOS had a contemporary time travel episode entitled Tomorrow is Yesterday. <laughs> they're, so, they're confusing him. Tomorrow is yesterday to uh, last or, week. As opposed to all our <laughs> yesterdays, or, you know. Yeah. So here's a breakdown we've got uh, The Broken Circle is episode one. Ad Astra per Aspera, which is uh, to the stars through difficulties. Oh, I thought that was some kind of new drug from AstraZeneca. No, no, no. You asked for it. <laughs> it's it's the multicolored pill. Uh, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow is episode three. Four is Among the Lotus Eaters. Five is Charades. Six, Lost in Translation. Seven is Those Old Scientists. Eight is Under the Cloak of War. Nine is Subspace Rhapsody, and no, it's not by Queen. So it's not <laughs> Galileo, <man>. Galileo. <laughs> and 10 is Hegemony. Maybe that's uh, where they where they, where they uh, come up with the name for the space shuttle for the Galileo. Uh, right. No. There was this classic rock, or uh, this uh, classic music band, Queen. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. All right, we just have a little bit of uh, art to scroll through as... Um, Check gives us our last story here. And finally, to celebrate the new season of Strange New Worlds, Paramount Plus asks artists from around the world to create moving images based on episodes from the upcoming 10 new episodes. Ooh. That's cool. I did not see this. This is cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I can't show them to you, obviously, in motion, but they all are moving images. And once again, like these titles... There's hints about stuff in there, mm-hmm. but we don't know enough about the episodes to know what a lot of this means. Uh, there is this overwhelming belief that we have a 
black and white film noir type episode coming up. Mm. Ah. And if you notice on this slide here, one of the images at the bottom is black and white. Mm-hmm. Like on Voyager. Right. It's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's chaotica. Um, yeah. So I, I don't, again, once the episodes air, you go back and look at these, you'll be go, Oh, well that's from that. And that's a that's mm-hmm. reference mm-hmm. to this other thing, but we don't have those yet. All right. That's all we have. We are not going to go to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada. Hey, by the way, have you, do your, your job watch um, Ozark? Yes. On Netflix, you know, the beginning of each one, they always had the symbolism mm-hmm. at the beginning of the episode. And you go, okay, there's a, there's an anvil. There's a, there's a gun, you know, and they have four different ones. And so you had to kind of figure out what they were talking about through the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's what, that's what I was thinking of when you were showing these graphics. Kind of remind me of the, kind of reversal of wild wild west where they would freeze at the end of a <laughs> a scene and then that would become part of the image yes for yes. the episode that's right all right and so now comes my favorite favorite part of the show when i get to say goodbye charlie i want to stay 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 <laughs> no sir i wonder what all that right. sounds like with the echo and the reverb let me try that again I wanna, I wanna stay, 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 stay. I don't have the effect routed through that channel. Oops, my bad. I, it's just fun listening to him go away twice. Yeah. Oh, that's always fun. I, I, I'm all for that. All right. What we are going to do now, very similar to what we did last time around with our um, best of new Trek, is I pose the question to uh, Chuck and Craig. What are your top five? I'm sorry. That series of images you have on the screen is just hysterical for some reason. It's like the evolution of hairdos or something. Actually, I was wondering if they're all looking the same way. It's hard to tell with Armus. <laughs> He's got a picture of Armus on the left. Maybe and then googly eyes on Armus. <laughs> and, and, and what's her name? The Orion lady in the middle. And then a yeah. Kazon guy on the, on the right. And I'm like, we're going from oil slick hair to just flat hair to crazy hair. It's uh, sort of like the, you know, the, the, the amoeba, then the chameleon, then, you know, yeah. the ape, then man chart yeah. kind of thing. Man, that's Kazon's in their hairstyle, I swear. We have the coolest hair. Maybe, maybe that's Boimler. We're not really sure. Does he have a plate? Check if it makes sure he doesn't have a plate. plate. All right. So I didn't put a lot of, you know, restrictions on this other than they should be from small screen tricks. So we're not just talking right. about movies this time around. This is just television slash streaming of villains. And so we are going to have our, our top five. Um, mine are not necessarily in a particular order, but I asked everybody to give me an order in case they did. Me neither. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll go, we'll go round Robin on those. And then we have some dishonorable mentions that we'll talk about when we're all done with all right. those. All right. So we're going to go, I believe I set this up as, um, Oh, that's a, there's an image in here that got out of uh, order. So goodbye, Charlie. I wanted to get that in there. Okay. So we're going to go uh, Chuck and then Craig and then myself. Okay. For our picks. I don't remember okay. what order I gave them to you in either. Cause that, what I wrote down was not what I emailed you, but okay. whatever picture comes up, I'll describe it and why. Surprise! <laughs> and I'm going to give you uh, the character, an image of the character, plus all of the versions of Trek that that particular villain 
was in. And in mm, some cases, nice. it's going to be kind of surprising. All right, so we'll start off with... Lore! Yes, of course, Data's evil brother. I don't know if he's necessarily evil. He just had different ambitions. A misunderstood character who started yeah, out in evil. TNG. <laughs> what, was, what was the first episode? Data lore? Where they encountered the crystalline so, entity? Yeah. It was... It was fairly early and he came back a number of times. And I like I like the villains who are played by an actor who's already established. I think somebody may have had one in here that we'll see later. But hmm. Brent Spiner doing both of these characters was always intriguing to me. Yes. And uh, eventually, when we get to Picard Season 3, spoiler alert, we see an interesting merger of the two. Right, so he's... He's a character no more slash forever a character. It's kind of confusing about, about lore. All right. Now we'll go on to Craig's first, which is an interesting choice. <laughs> the Ferengi. Well, you know, at first, when we first saw them in, in the next generation, they were, uh, they're just bad well, little boys. Yeah. They were just, they, they weren't good at all. Playing Indiana Jones. Weep. Yeah. I don't even think they did. They, yeah. They had whips. Yep. Now, did, did they even, um, were they even talking about profit or anything at that point? Oh, no, I, no, 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 no. I don't. Yeah. So they didn't flesh these out, these, these characters out that bad, uh, that much. But, uh, I think the first time we saw the Ferengi, they were trying to get back to, um, back at, uh, Picard and had the, um, stargazer. And anyway, so I thought they were very menacing at first. And then of course, later on, they kind of redeemed themselves a little bit in Deep Space Nine era where uh, they became a little more likable. You know, I think, well, some of the characters even became uh, some of my favorite, like. Um, uh, Rom. Rom. Well, yeah, uh, no, Rom was uh, good. Huh? Nog. Yeah, not, yeah Nog was. Interestingly uh, actually, enough, Armin Shimmerman, who played Quark, was also on that first episode where they had the whips and whatnot. Well, that's. That I think it's he's him in, on the left. He's in, yeah, he's in the image there. He's 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 in the uh, he's on the yep. the right, the right of the left images. image. <laughs> oh, on the right of both images. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they they, they changed his nose a little bit. Yeah, slightly. Well, it's a different character too. So, um, anyway, that's I I thought they were going to be a, a more menacing than they ended up being uh, at first, um, but. They were obviously a thorn in the side in the next generation a little bit. Okay. All right. And my first choice. Oh, and by the way, the Ferengi. I don't know that I'd qualify them as villains, though. Well, that's that's Craig's choice to do that. No, so, <laughs> early on. Early on they were, but they turned out to be the channel. Right. So, so for some of these, when you guys gave me your pick, I wasn't sure where you were going with it. So I tried to cover my bases. Okay. Mm -hmm. I kind of give the spread of them from next generation, but also from deep space nine. Yeah. So the Ferengi were in, have appeared in the next generation, mm -hmm. deep space nine Voyager enterprise discovery, lower decks, prodigy and Picard. That's a pretty good spread. Yeah. They've been all over the place. All right. My first pick is also from the next generation and it is. Nagilum. Oh Yeah. I just thought, oh, or Jenner, yeah, uh, I thought, just thought that um, it was a very, very creepy, evil, sadistic character who 
essentially brings ships, and clearly we know that the Enterprise was not the first because Worf talks about such legends. Right. He brings ships in and essentially messes with them, kills members of the crew just because he's curious. Yeah. And he has conversations with Picard about things, but he's still just, I'm going to find out different ways to kill your crew. It's only going to take about half the people on board your ship. That shouldn't be a problem, right? <laughs> you can make more. So I think, <laughs> please show me how this is done. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, this procreation thing. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't all killing. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But uh, so he just came across as very, very evil. Cause it's that kind of evil. When I was going through some of the, the things I was thinking about as evil characters is what is their intent what is their motivation? Do they have any redeeming qualities to them? And I, he was pretty much evil. Yeah. He really, you know, he, he knew what he was doing. I wouldn't say he knew what he was doing was wrong, but he could communicate with the people he was doing it to who said, don't do that. And he said, yeah, yeah I'm going to do that anyway. Stop touching me. <laughs> I think yeah, he had a exactly. face generated by today's AI. It's not quite right. Yeah. The face the face is a little creepy, isn't it? It is. It is. I have a feeling it was one of those things where, and I, I didn't get a chance to check on this, if, you know, how much lead time they had on, well, what are we going to do to represent this? It's, it's just a face, but it can't yeah. be human. But, you know, we've got X amount of time and it talks. So what are we going to do? That's right. All right, so let's move on to number two. So we'll start off again with Chuck with number two. His is... I would like to see how podcasts are made. Make me a podcast. Not today, Nagilam. <laughs> well, actually, you're right, you're right at the right time. Yeah. Uh, my pick number two is the Zindi. All mm. five species. Well, you know, six. They had that giraffe skull that was the sixth long lost species. Well, I, he's represented in my photo and it says, leave me out of this. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I want nothing to this. I, I liked them for a number of reasons. They, they, uh, first, the, the fact that they referred to themselves all as Zindi. You know, we, we barely equate all the different variations of humans as human on this planet. You know, we came up with this thing called race. It's a man-made construct and it's completely bogus. We'll get into that another time, but they clearly have different species. They've got insectoids, they've got reptilians, they've got mammals and aquatics and, and yet they, they don't always get together, but they, they they have a board or a, a council, yes, a, a high council that has one goal, misguided goal, you'll find out if you haven't watched Enterprise yet or again, of destroying the earth so they make this weapon, blah, blah, blah. But even that, you know, brings a lot of things into question. Uh, so it, it, the reptilians are clearly the ones who are the warrior race of them and they want to have dominance, etc. But I like, I like them just from the standpoint that we, we, you start to, Archer starts to make headway uh, on, on going, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't such a good idea, guys. But of course the reptilians won't have any of that. Right. And as, and as the, um, as the ants say, <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> 
I didn't know you spoke oh, whale. The aquatic truck is talking up again. I will point out, Chuck, that um, they all one big happy family now, but they had a civil war which wiped out the avian, you know, species. <laughs> I mean, oh. they weren't always so buddy buddy with each other either. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. And we have seen uh, the Zindi in Enterprise, Discovery, and I have um, my picture of the insectoid is from Discovery mm-hmm. and Prodigy. And the reptilian image I have on there is one of the guards uh, that we saw in Star Trek Prodigy. So oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd actually forgotten about that one. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Yes. I am the collective memory. Uh, <laughs> You're that, a brain trust. knows me, that's, that's a joke right there. Memory uh, like, Alvord. We'll have a new website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let's move right along to Craig's pick number two. The Dominion. Of course, these guys were, they were terrible villains because every time you turned around, uh, they were always somewhere. They were buddying with the Cardassians for a while. They were, uh, I don't know. They were just all over the place and their domination, honestly, no, going to there, um, was, uh, you know, they were, was terrible. They were ruthless, uh, militaristic, of course. Uh, and they just will not stop at anything to achieve their goals. Uh, they were also on my list. And I like them because it was, first of all, it kickstarted DS9 into a good story arc. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Second of all, it was a well-organized structure. You had the supreme leaders in the founders. Mm-hmm. Then you had you know, sort of the, the the superintendents in the Vorta. And then you had the warrior class, the enforcers. With the Jem'Hadar. And and I liked that structure because it lent itself well to, you know, really being a mafia, if you will. So it was, I, that just, that, that sparked some interest in me. It it truly made them uh, a a force. Oh, for sure. And of course, as you mentioned, you got the founders, they can shapeshift and, you you know, uh, they can do whatever they want. So... Yeah, and up until yep. that point, we knew Odo was a shapeshifter, and he was kind and gentle, and maybe a little disturbed from past experiences of his upbringing. He was this lonely guy, and you're like, "Yay, we found some other changelings!" Like, "Ooh, man, I don't think I want to go to that family." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, let's not go into that pool. That's Talk a, about that, your in-laws. Yes, I came from there. the shallow part of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> came, came from near the shore, the, the Great Link. <laughs> But yeah, um, I thought that I thought they were there. As you mentioned, uh, you put it well that they they were a good jumping off point to start a big story arc, and they were mm-hmm. everywhere, and they were a strong force. And they appeared in Deep Space Nine, of course. And I put down Picard, even though it was just the changelings; they really weren't connected. Yeah, you know, any longer. But still, one of those species was in. Picard. We didn't oh, see the sure. Vorta anywhere else. I don't believe so. And we mm-hmm. saw we saw plenty of them in Deep Space Nine, yeah. especially Wayunes. Wayun three hundred and twelve, I think, yeah. at some point was. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of Jeffrey Combs in there. All right, we'll go on to my pick number two, and my pick number two. What a surprise! It's lore. Good old lore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Look how look at look how how nice he's he looks. Smiling. He's, he's smiling. So he's happy. Run away! 
<laughs> in his pack led uh, outfit there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right. I, you know, I was talking about the fact that I'm looking for things that are just evil and Laura pretty much had no redeeming values uh, to him. And I, it, on purpose, you know, it, it makes it much easier to delineate data from lore um, because you always have that thing that, well, of course, lore being evil can pretend to be data, but data right. can't pretend to be lore type of thing. Um, and even up to the very end, even in Picard, he was attempting to take everything away from data. So when you were down to like, look, this is it, you know, I'm going to kill you, brother. Uh, you know, no problem. I have no problem doing that. I'm happy to do it. You know, let me take all your stuff. So he gets tricked into, you know, what ends up happening. So he really was pretty much evil up until the very end. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Hey, I actually, you know, I, I, I ended up loving lore for, you know, because of the play with, with data and everything. But I want, I always wondered what the hell was Nunyan Singh thinking soon uh, when he screwed up that bad. Lore. It was a glitch in the software. Come on. You've written software before. Oh, I forgot to upload this, uh, this code. Oh, you need a patch. You need a patch. The system won't accept the patch. He's turned off the Wi-Fi. So, I mean, I, I, I like him as well, and uh, he'd always turn up and, and make a good story out of it. Okay. And uh, Chuck already uh, alluded to this fact, but his next pick was... The Dominion, again. Oh, man, you got the mud version of... Yeah, it's getting a bit flaky there. Yeah, <laughs> need, need some skin oh, cream. Try Dove. It's one-quarter cleansing cream. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, so let's move on to then to Craig's pick number three. <laughs> oh, yes. I almost put these on my list. The Dura sisters. Speaking of a bad pennies turning up, <laughs> you know, these two were Mormon. Uh, they were evil in the sense that, well, I don't know about evil, but they had their own modification. Uh, their uh, own motives. agenda. Yeah. Their own agendas. And they were always a thorn in the side of uh, of our. TNG brethren, but I, and, and even in end of the movie, you know, uh, remember they were a big reason why the enterprise went down. Right. So, um, I always liked them, uh, because you would, they would always kind of play things in the background and then, uh, you know, trying to, uh, play out their agenda. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting because they would swing between being the comic relief mm -hmm. and being the serious villain. They were, the, on, they were the Ferengis of TNG. Yeah. <laughs> Although they were also on Deep Space Nine. So their appearances were in the next generation as far as small screen. Next generation, Deep Space Nine, and just as photos on the um, the conspiracy board that um, Mariner puts up, they're also in Lower Decks as two images on her bulletin board. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you always had to keep them in mind whenever something was going on in the Klingon empire, it's like, is Gowron really, you know, the chancellor you think he is. And what are the Dura sisters up to today? That is going to cause problems. Mm -hmm. Right. Who's pulling the strings, you know, and yeah. what's going on here. And sometimes you find out that, yep, they're the ones that are doing it or, and they would, you know, tend to play sometimes the long game on stuff. 
So, yeah. but yeah, they would, they were basically out for themselves, whatever was going to be best for them. And yet you always felt bad for Worf and his just commendation. But eventually that got resolved. All right. And I will go on to my third pick. Win Adami. Oh, yeah. She was almost on my list, too. I mean, this this is um, another case of pure evil. You know, we we slip it under the guise of religious, but really she was out for power. She was out for glory. She was out for control at all costs. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call her pure evil. I think this was just a case of absolute power oh, no. corrupts absolutely. Well, well, yeah, but she was seeking that power from the get-go because if you recall her first appearance, she tries to have her competition assass- well, yeah, assassinated. It's the Egyptian way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right from the first time we see her, she is doing bad things. And when it gets to the point where she tries to speak to the prophets and the prophets don't talk to her. It's and, under the parades. <laughs> and well, Kira says, Oh, cause she, she goes to Kira and says, I've, they won't talk to me. I've done something wrong. I feel bad. I understand I've done bad things. And she's all contrite about everything. And Kira says, Oh, that's really good. So, you know, you can work on that. Once you've resigned as Kai, she goes, Resign as Kai. Why would I do I'm that? Resign as Kai. Wait, wait what? My, <laughs> yeah. the, the, yeah, I'm needed. I'm needed to lead. I would never. I, I said I'm sorry. And just a boom, right back again. No, and you will take your rightful place as Space Karen. Yeah. And headed right to the power race after that. So <laughs> You know, I I still remember her from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. The yeah, nurse. she was like, Basically, Nurse Ratchet in space. Yeah, that's because like nobody could have done this character quite like she did. <laughs> yeah, and she was only appeared in Deep Space Nine. All right, we'll go on to Chuck's pick number four. We love you, Louise Fletcher. Rest in peace. My number four is Captain Gabriel Lorca. Good choice. First season of Discovery. Caught us all completely off guard. You knew something was a little wonky with the bright lights and the, you know, whatever it was. And the reveal was spectacular at the end. Had us all fooled. Bad guy from the mirror universe. Oh, wait, probably we should probably do a couple of these in here. Okay, yeah. If if by like 12 now... years ago. <laughs> 2017. Get with the times, yeah. kids. Yeah. So yeah, Captain Gabriel Lorca, it, it just I, I loved it, every minute of it, because he had us all fooled. You're thinking, oh, what a nice guy. You know, he's taking Michael Burnham in and under his wing, and she's not going to be such a bad old criminal. She's given a second chance, and mm, not so much. Yep. I do think it was wise of him to shave off his goatee, you know, before he boarded the, the ship, <laughs> From, though. So that was that's right. very helpful. Yeah, they did, it. they did do a really good job, as well as him as an actor, but the writers, where they did stretch that out for a while, you're like, is he or is he is he on our side? Does he not? You know, right? Because they would have occasionally have him doing things that were like, well, that seemed to be the good thing to do. Yeah. I'll put this Gorn skeleton in my room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, on my rolling photo frame in the kitchen, up comes a picture from Star Trek: The Cruise Three. There's standing at the bar is Mary Chifo, right next to Jason Isaacs. 
right next to our friend Woody from Texas, who looks just like Patrick Stewart, a younger Patrick Stewart from oh, yeah. TNG. And I yeah. laugh at that picture every time. Like one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Let's go on to Greg's pick number four. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. Worthy. Explain yourself, yes. sir. Yeah, yeah, Craig. I'm going to give you this one. You are in error. You should have. <laughs> you should have gone with no man. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. So, All right. Tell, so, <laughs> for our listening audience, what do we have here? We have the space hippies uh, that Yay, came brother. on the Enterprise, and they were looking for Eden. You know, they're yeah, brother. For. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's say goodbye or say brother. Um, Herbert. So I don't think they were as much evil as they were. Um, weird, <laughs> menacing and weird. Yeah, they're weird. Uh, maybe relevant back in the sixties. I don't know, but uh, you know they they had shunned all technology, uh, and yet they they went to steal the Enterprise. You know, so you know. Oh, by the way, technology there. Um, and they yeah. were kind of and a spoiler alert. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Wow. That that's a long-term spoiler alert. <laughs> 53 years ago. Spoiler alert. So uh I just thought they were kind of naive and dumb, and you know, their their big thing was calling Kirk Herbert, <laughs> which I know annoyed him. And but, like, but we I, reach, you know, so we're cool. So yeah, I, I did go watch uh I was trying to make sure I remembered everything as much as I could from this episode. And I, when I watched a little clip on YouTube, uh, it was funny where Kirk went to spot to find out what this hip term Herbert means. He found out it's not a pleasing, pleasant one. <laughs> That's right. it's, it's not a term of affection, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, anyway. hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah. So anyway, I thought they were, they were more of a nuisance uh, than evil, but uh, I don't know. I, they're memorable. How about that? Memorable villain. Memorable. As know. is your list, Craig. Indeed. <laughs> All right. I am going to go with my number four, and I'm more specific. It's the same uh, mention as before, but mine is specific. I'm going to say the the female founder. I felt like the Jem'Hadar and the Vorta had their roles, but they were essentially following orders. The orders were coming from the top and the top were the founders. And I felt the the female founder was the representative we saw of the founders, the female chains. She didn't really have a, a name. So, Oh yeah. But I just felt like Chelsea, her she, name was Chelsea. Yeah, okay. So, so Chelsea, um, <laughs> like of a better term, clearly um, I felt like, they were the people pulling all the strings. They were the people coming up with the plans. They were the people coming up with the directives. They were the people coming up with the orders about what was going to happen. And so, you know, the fish stinks from the head down. And uh, basically she was, the founders were in charge. How did they right. enforce their authority? I know the Jemadar needed Ketracel White, which right. the Vorta supplied. The Why did like, the Vorta follow the founder so diligently? It's, it's like it was like almost like it was built into their DNA. Respect. It was that, the, it, yeah that they viewed the founders as gods. Yes. Okay. That's the impression I got. 
You think that would change after a time going, this isn't quite right. It ain't working out. My God doesn't flake off. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that works on many levels, Craig. Very nice. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. Well, on that note, we better move right on to to Chuck's pick number five. Pick number five is... Drum roll. Click. Ah, Professor Moriarty. I I thought this was very well conceived. The storyline about going into the holodeck and creating a villain that you know Data couldn't defeat just based on storyline, and they unleashed the genie from the bottle and got more than they wanted to for a couple of episodes and even an appearance in mm-hmm. Picard. So this I I really enjoyed it because you never knew which way he was going to turn, and and it was it was just sort of an out of control situation. And and that's that's who Moriarty should be in the in the Holmes universe. You know, there was even a point when when he started to realize what he actually was. You yeah, know, it looked like he was going to be okay. What do we do now? But then it just went, like you said, and then it went, and it turned, and he decided to, you know, he wanted out. So can't you just see Michael Acuda drawing that chalk? Board enterprise. Yeah, really <laughs> I, he may have. Who's going to set this up? Uh, get a Cuda out here. <laughs> yes, right. And we need some proof on the math that's on the board here. So we'll have to check that out later. Yeah, that that's what uh, Dr. Aaron McDonald was brought in for later. <laughs> All right. And for the trifecta, Craig's last pick, pick in the top five evil villains is Lore. <laughs> that's right. Made all the lists. Yep. Lore, lore, lore. I don't think I need to say any more than had already been said. Can't say more about lore. Except right. we want more lore. Or is it no more lore? No. You can't have him anymore. <laughs> what a bore. <laughs> oh, Craig hit the floor. <laughs> Sorry, we, I made Scott Tyler watch um, the Killer Shrews on Sven Gulli last weekend. And he had never seen Sven Gulli before and never seen the Killer Shrews. So it was a double whammy. He was shaking his head for two hours going, how did this get on the air? There you go. And next. Oh, are we on the dishonorable mention? No, you've got your number three. Clinton, are you on mute again? You are on mute. How'd that uh, happen? I was like, wow, it's quiet. Okay. Okay, my pick is The Diviner. Nice call. Oh, From didn't Prodigy. see that coming. Uh, we're talking about an, another case of motivation. He's got motivation, but man, he's taking it over the top. I mean, he wants to save his civilization and he's willing literally to do anything to get it, mm-hmm. including enslaving uh, creatures from all over the galaxy to to meet mining, looking for the protostar, to having himself cloned to be someone to carry on what he's doing to wiping out everything in the Federation just for that. And nothing is going to stop him. And he doesn't really redeem himself until that Darth Vader last moment type of thing. And it's like, no, he's evil. He's evil. Yeah, He's just evil. And John Noble, you know, you got to like that voice. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That John Noble? That John, that John Noble. Noble. <laughs> but that's not quite enough because we do have some 
Dishonorable mentions. Back, back <laughs> to the ha- hair shot. <laughs> yes. I remember that band from the eighties. Yeah, that's Flock of Seagulls, isn't it? <laughs> and I ran. All right, so we'll go with uh, Chuck's first dishonorable mention. Khan, because what list would be complete of villains without Khan? I didn't mention him in the top five because he was way too obvious, but deserved to be on the dishonorable mentions. And since we're on the small screen, he also works on the big screen. And, you know, he was just bad to the bone. And then he came back for revenge because he was bad to the bone. That's Indeed. Right. Indeed. Yep. All right. So we'll go on to Craig's first dishonorable mention. Oh, yes. Tribble. Explain yourself again, sir. Explain yourself again. <laughs> villains, huh? Well, yes, I'll say Tribbles. they're villains. I, you don't know what those little things are thinking. Oh, my. So they're thinking they're about always, procreation is all they think about. Well, as here in this example, they procreated so much that they blew the ship up. They, <laughs> um, remember, they ate all the the wheat or whatever they quattro chitticali i'm sorry yeah excuse me um they ate all that uh you know they replicate like crazy um they're a nuisance klingons hate them uh need i say more and they've appeared in the original series the animated series deep space nine enterprise discovery short treks picard and lower decks i think that's more than the ferengi i'm surprised you didn't use that little animated uh the tas you didn't mention that in there did you oh you did that uh, they were in an animated yeah. series yeah i had that little had that little picture of kirk smirking what are we missing <laughs> short trek i mean uh, uh next gen we're missing hey, they've been everything almost next gen is they weren't they weren't they there they haven't been in strange new worlds in strange new worlds there's still time right. yeah there is there's something they probably will show up at some point and my first pick for honorable dismention or dishonorable mention or whichever. <laughs> I like the, the Vidians. Yes, there we go. Because the Vidians are the ones that were suffering from the phage. Yes. And they would essentially kill people or knock them out. Well, I guess they knocked them out because they didn't kill uh, Neelix. And they would take their organs because their organs were degenerating. So they would just, they took Neelix's lungs. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. They they were just constant. And at the end of their first encounter, Janeway says, and I don't want you anywhere near us ever again, or there's going to be consequences. So needless to say, they came back like four more times. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever she said. Things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, and they just kept. They, they got an honorable mention on my list too. Uh, I, they were under consideration. I went, this, this was a, this was a good Good series, you know, something to be feared, but a good uh, rationale why they're doing it. They're trying to save their race. Hey, you know, the face. Yeah, but when you're, when somebody says don't and you go, okay, go, but we're really going to as well. You know, so. It's so tempting. Look at those rich livers and kidneys and skin. We need skin. Oh, yeah, yeah, throw, that... throw it in some onions and a little Worcestershire sauce. And we're... And they weren't making gonna... dinner. Well, <laughs> I mean, especially in the, the, um, I think it's their their second the second appearance of their first appearance, the second appearance where um, they split um, uh, Belana Torres into pure Klingon mm-hmm. and poor and pure human, and the scientist is getting infatuated with the Klingon version, and he wears the face of one of the basically of the red shirt that gets captured. 
he literally wears that character's face to impress a skinwalker. Like, make his face better. Yeah, skinwalker. <laughs> wow. So yeah, definitely, definitely in there. All right. And speaking about fun-loving people, we go on to Chuck's next. And who's more fun-loving than Gold Ducat, of course. He was just fun. I I liked him as a villain. He was he was a fun good leader. Yeah, fun. He messed with Cisco all the time. Look, the sparring those he loves to play baseball. The really? the sparring those two had was was priceless. I I just loved it. And then in the final season, he, he when, was a great keeper of the Bajorans back in the day. When he gets his his <laughs> his face modified to look like a Bajoran, and then he uh, you know plays yeah, to right. Adami. I I just thought that was a great way to end him on the season and her and the whole thing. So I enjoyed Gul Dukat immensely. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether to put in a picture of him once he had his uh, his face changed or not, whether you were kind of zeroing in on that. I should have, should have put that in there yeah. as well. That's right. Thank that you, was, Mark Alimo. I want to see like, him on the I've cruise. I've only got two days of filming left. Can I just not do the makeup? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> in an earring. Well, yeah. I think about that. The... Um, I was watching uh, some Voyager to, to go through for villains and watching tomorrow's end. The one where they uh, back on earth in the 1980s or 1990s, I should say uh, where Ed Begley jr. Is the head of the corporation. Oh, yeah. But a lot of times uh, um, Tuvok is wearing a hat, you know, wearing a pullover hat. And I'm thinking, did he put the ears on that day in makeup? Or yeah. not. You, you kind of no. wonder. Is it look, no Why bother? See them. Don't put them on. All right, let's go on to Craig's next, what did I call it? The um, honorable dismension. There we go. There you go. <laughs> honorable dismension. Yeah, the Maquis. I think uh, they were, uh, I'm not going to say evil, but they're a bunch of disgruntled you know, Starfleet officers that are kind of uh, doing their own thing a little bit out in the Wild Wild West, so to speak. And they had their own set of motives, and I think that uh, they played off pretty good. Especially, uh, I can't remember his name the the one the guy on Deep Space Nine, the one at the end. What's his uh, name? I don't know. I My mind went blank. Anyway, so, but they always seem to be easily swayed for the most part to come work. You know, with everybody. Is that about Eddington or Ed, Edison? Ed, no, the the one who used to be a former captain with Cisco. Right. Oh, okay. Well, is that, that who you're talking about, Craig? Well, Eddington yeah. is the one that is, um, is Eddington. Anyway, they're all. Well, it was the, it was the Badlands, right? So, it kind of was yes. the Wild Wild West. It was the Badlands. Yeah. Thing. Right. So yeah, and I, so I always thought that. Um, I mean, I know they again. They're they're not evil, but they have their own motives, and they're they they're not thrilled with the utopia that Starfleet and, um, you know, the Federation. Are so yeah. it wasn't necessarily they were against the federation, they just didn't like the way the federation was handling the Cardassians. Borders are changing, well, colonies had to be given up. It wasn't mm -hmm. fair. We're going to stand up for the little guy, yeah. So, so they end up in the no man's land, their planet was in no man's land. So they was kind of like, Well, it we can't, you know, when I we can't go in there, it's not, you know, our place to be, yeah. And it's interesting how many of them you get to see turn or turn one way or the other. Or in Seska's case, you know, she's a member of the Maquis, but she's really a Cardassian in disguise, trying to infiltrate 
the maquis. So it's like, oh my goodness, it's layers upon layers upon layers. Of yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we found out that Tuvok was a Federation spy in the maquis on Chakotay's <laughs> ship. You know, it was, it was, yeah. it, it, you're right. It had layers and it was, it was right. full of intrigue. You could make a whole series just out of the maquis. Yeah. It's a lot of espionage along with those guys. All righty. And the, uh, the Maquis appeared in The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Um, not, I didn't put down Picard, even though Roe was in that, but she was no longer Marquis, Maquis in that, by that point. So I don't, the yeah, Maquis. Picard, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they said the <clears throat> Maquis didn't exist anymore at that point. So they disbanded. <laughs> and it's one of the host hotels for Dragon Con, the Marriott Maquis. <laughs> that, that's, that's completely different. All right. <laughs> My next honorable dismension, I got to keep remembering to say it incorrectly now, is Ellen Landry from Discovery. Okay. Yeah. Explain yourself. I explain myself because, all right, there should be a difference between the mirror universe version of your character and your character. <laughs> if you're not evil, she was exactly the same character in both. She Followed whatever Lorca said, whatever Lorca wanted. She was out to kill. You know, she tries. Oh, I'll I'll teach that um, that creature how to behave. Let's open up the uh, the projector. Oh. I'm gonna you know blast it. And she was just no matter the universe, she was just evil. You know what? I didn't. I hadn't thought about her that way until you just mentioned that. That yes, she was the same. She's probably one of the only characters we've seen that were this basically the same uh whether they're in the mirror universe or right you could have put you could have put our universe landry into that universe and not missed a beat i don't know i think the o'brien characters could have been swapped easily enough what (laughs) and o'brien oh was that another dishonorable mention (laughs) o'brien smiley (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that's that's just you know hurtful. That's that's all that is. I am uh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed we didn't see him in Picard. By the way, just yeah, saying. that's true. That's well, he's he's busy in the transport. Maybe he's down in the transporter room, just waiting <laughs> on the Enterprise. Hey, the, the the last cut scene at the end of the correct credits, he just stands up and goes, "Wow, what's going on here?" <laughs> there's, so there's, the there's just a gold statue of him in the museum piece of the D. Jordy yeah. Jordy had him replicated. We just have O'Brien standing there just in case. <laughs> All right. The next honorable dismension, I'm going to have Chuck read the name here. His next honorable dismension is Her Most Imperial Majesty, Mother of the Fatherland, Overlord of Vulcan, Dominus of Kronos, Regina Andor, Philippa Giorgio Augustus, Iaponius Centarius. Yeah, Emperor Giorgio. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That That's an honorable mention I, if there ever oh, was one. Got- you forgot uh, Oscar winner. Well, that's yes. But <laughs> well done, Michelle. Well done. That's right. It's in gold. The picture's in gold. She, it's all, she, she, she gold-plated everything in this scene with parts of the Oscar. You expect her to be evil in the mirror universe. Then, of course, when they drag her back across the boundary against her will, she continues to just be a pain in the butt. I, I loved it. Even Even when she was uh, walking off the show into the Guardian, and she had uh, she was still kind of a pain in the butt when she yep. was. She was a pain in the butt, but she had. I feel like that was the character that at least had turned. 
that when mm-hmm. she was placed back, see, now that's the thing. It's like we said Landry could swap them very easily. We find out you can't put Felipe Giorgio back into that mirror universe. She's no longer comfortable there. Yeah. Right. So she yeah. has changed. She did. Yeah, she did. Well, I think uh, she was seeing some of the sacrifices that people had, uh, at least at the end, I'm trying to remember what it was. There was, there was some couple of sacrifices I think that affected her. Why, you know, why are you doing this kind well, of thing? She saw uh, one of the, um, it, it wasn't Saru, but one of the, the Kelpians was like, you know, dropped a tray <laughs> of something and they were going to execute. It. And she said, no, that don't. Yeah. I'll deal with that later type of thing. And I'll eat him raw. And she was, she was desperately <laughs> trying, she was desperately trying to get um, Burnham to, to change as well. It didn't work out, but she was she was desperate to do that. She was so now she was taking on the role that Burnham had taken on in the other universe when she brought Giorgio there, but she just couldn't do it. Do it not working. go near Emperor Giorgio. She has turned. She's turned. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me go on to <clears throat> mine because I think we're out of uh, Craig's pick. So uh, Chuck and I have two more. Uh, so that was, it was his first one. My next one was Badgie. Badgie. Oh, that was a good one. I like Badgie. I mean, Badgie is definitely pure evil. You know, burn your heart in the fire and just kind of, he he kind of puts on this happy face to answer your question and (laughs) then just goes all evil. Now, it's his programming, of course, but you feel like it's more than just his programming. Like he enjoys it. He really does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, it, it, it cracks me up <laughs> when I see people cosplaying and carrying around a badgie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And let's see the, okay. So your last pick. Is I think this is my time. last it, pick. Yep. It, it, oh, so badgie obviously was just in lower decks. Power court Fenton mud. And I will take any and all variations of this. I think yes. he did a great job. He, he, he's out for himself and yet you know, he, he's always a thorn in your side. I, I don't know if I'd call him a true villain. He's more of an opportunist. Although, although blowing up the, uh, the discovery over and over and over and over again, kind of puts you in the league of villains yeah. in my book. Yeah. <laughs> and enjoying it and just wanting to do it again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, he was a rogue. Um, he was definitely a con man. You know, all his attributes were pretty much bad. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. He was available. Uh, he was found in the TOS, the animated series, next gen sketch. What is yeah, this? I believe, I believe he's uh, a sketch. I think it's in one of the Dixon Hill. Oh, episodes. wow. That's a detail we'll have to look for. And of course, Wait, discovery of short tracks. Yeah. Craig's Googling it now. No, I'm sitting here saying, trying to remember. Okay. All right. Now, what's your final and one, Clinton? My last one is the holodeck, the transporter, and the holodeck. Oh, <laughs> because I watched that scene today. So many all accidents. Of Star Trek, all of Star Trek. You can name a series. So I've got maybe just here are, of course, the transporter accident from Star Trek, the motion picture, and Barkley looking at the holodeck. I mean, the, the, the people that have died, been disfigured, been split into two people in the transporter, 
And the safety protocol removal accidents and mind messing around with that have happened on the holodeck, just evil, 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 evil. Wouldn't you think it'd take at least one layer of approval to have the safety protocols disabled? You just press that button. What's your boss think when you just walk in and say, disable safety protocols? What happened to you? Oh, a a bad accident in the holodeck. Who approved that? that? I I just watched... um... Let me think it was an episode. Was it, was it TNG? Oh yeah. Where data w- uh, killed the Borg and he was trying to rep- replicate the situation again because he had the anger emotion yeah. pop yeah. up and he was asking Jordy, can we disable the, the protocol, the safety protocols? Because I need one that's, you know, stronger. It's going to be a threat. And he says, but I, I needs it needs two officers to, um, to disable. And I'm like, well, there's a what? first. When did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> when did the... Jordy did probably it... went, you know what? This is just a hassle. I'll just. <laughs> yeah. <off> right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many approvals I got to get to get a laptop at work? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fair. It's to keep from harming yourself, Chuck. <laughs> All right. So those are our picks <clears throat> for our top five evil, evil, bad, baddie villains in small screen Trek and some. Honorable dismensions. I have to keep remembering how to say it wrong. Honorable dismensions um, for them. I think it was a, I think we covered almost every iteration of Trek out there, but we didn't specifically have one that only appeared, say, in uh, the animated series or something like that. But uh, it was a good cross spread of old and new Trek in there, definitely. Especially when you pulled out Badgie. I don't, I'm surprised I didn't think about that one. I was, I was tempted. I actually had like, a couple more on the list and peanut hamper was, was going to go there as well, but I thought about that too. <laughs> I did think about that one. Peanut All right. Hamper. Let's, let's um, come back from our main mission with an appropriate sound effect. Mm, how about that'll um, do. <laughs> sure. That'll do pig. That'll do. <laughs> We're going to go to our warp speed round table. Nice image. Yeah. And- I love that. And this For a second, I was like, "What is that? A picture? Oh, it, they're it's at a playing round poker table." Yes, yes I, got it. I got it. All right, so we're going to be asking the question: Which two Trek villains? And I've got here good guys and bad guys for this image. But which two Trek villains, depending on how you feel about them, I suppose, uh, would you like to see battle it out? So this is uh, a question posed by Craig. Basically, we're not talking about. An involvement of any enterprise or federation. This is just you had an episode that was just two villains battling it out. Who would you want to see? So I will I will go first because uh I, I don't know if Chuck had known that ahead of time. So let me give <laughs> uh, I have down I would like to see the Borg versus the Jemhadar. Um because I don't really think the Jem'Hadar have much for you to take in terms of their uniqueness. So do the Borg try to ignore them while the Jem'Hadar are basically destroying them? Or, you know, what would happen there? And they seem to both have just infinite number of resources. So I think it would be fun to just see them duking it out, as it were. It's a good one. 
uh, Craig, this was your this was your baby. What do you who uh, which two villains would you like to see? Badly? Uh, I want to say a, a treble versus a Klingon. No, uh, <laughs> actually, a treble versus a space hippie. There we go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, what what I was thinking of when you brought I had a different answer earlier, but when when you mentioned Badgy, I thought of what a Badgy versus Khan. Because I think Badgie would get on Khan's nerves <laughs> within, within two seconds. <laughs> I was I was going in that same direction. The the only I was thinking Professor Moriarty. You need somebody who's got a really high intellect to see yeah. how high their tolerance is against Badgie's idiocy. Yeah, just to put those two extremes together would be fun. Yeah. Now, uh, well, actually, when I was thinking of this question, I started thinking, what if he, what if he had no Starfleet? And like, you know, one villain was trying to do something. Another villain shows up. And so you have various uh, conflicts going on there. I thought it'd be a lot of fun. Um, I would. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with with Badgie and Khan. I can do that. I think that would be fun to see. OK. Yeah, you could. Uh, I think. Badgie versus Khan or you actually could. That is a case of you could you could use. um was it Ar- Argamas or Peanut Hamper would also serve that purpose quite well. I think right. all three of them would just like try to talk him to death. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but Badge would have the, I guess the 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 advantage that well he can just disappear from someplace. You know, Khan can't really hit him or anything like that. No. Kind of to take out, you know, the the emitters and so forth. I mean, you know, and and. Uh, and space seed when con he was even getting frustrated, hit the table. And they're also, yeah, <laughs> you can see it get frustrated. And that was like three questions. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, this guy's got no tolerance. I find myself growing fatigued again. <laughs> I see you're fatigued. Would you like some, inf- you don't know, no <laughs> clippy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Chuck, what have you got for us for? Well, I already movie? mentioned Craig, took Badgie and Cotton, and I was going to say Badgie and Moriarty. So I'm going to lean a little more in Clinton's direction and go with the Borg and the Vidians. I'm just curious if the Vidians could be cured or if they just rot the Borg from the inside out. Mm. Well, that would be interesting because you'd have the Borg trying to take the tech from the Vidians and the Vidians trying to take the guts from the Borg. (laughs) The, the, the Vidians definitely had some biological distinctiveness, didn't they? <laughs> you know, it's like a, 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 a attrition. It's like, who's going to run out of stuff first? <laughs> well, good thing we're, we're winning. The bad thing is uh, we don't have half of our, the Borg don't have heads anymore. You know, so it's like, I, yeah, that would be definitely a, a slow fade <laughs> type of battle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's our ideas. But if you have any ideas about who you think are your favorite Trek villains from the small screen, we're limited to the small screen for this one, or also small screen, two Trek villains could be individuals or could be entire races, species, battling it out, again, without the Federation involved in any way, shape, or form. It's just these two two teams, one to enter, one survives. <laughs> Mary. All right, but it's time to refill the dead lithium chamber and to warp on out of here for now. You can find me, Clinton, at Comedy Forecast. 
Comedy Forecast is all one word with the number four. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook and MeWe and Instagram. And um, I think you can find me also in a theme park near you. How about that? Vulcan, oh, really? Alberta, Canada? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. And who speaks for you guys? I'll go. So if you uh, search the internet for Technorama Podcast and you will find Chuck and I at where we do What's the name of it? Oh yeah. Technorama podcast. So go look for us. You can find us on Google and anywhere that you get your fine podcast from. All right. So we think our next episode may be after the, uh, the day that uh, strange new worlds premieres. So if you want to catch us live, we should be doing a show that night, I believe, but keep an eye on the social medias as always. And we will let you know when we're going to do our next show, but for now it's time to hit the theme boys. Which one? The that end one. one. This yeah. one? That one. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend about it. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter at The Topic is Trek. Visit our Facebook page or visit thetopicistrek.com. Until next time, on behalf of Chuck, Craig, and myself, I'm Clinton with a disappearing voice thanking you for <laughs> listening. And as we always say here on The Topic is Trek, don't... don't. Put on, on the red, red, red shirt. Shirt, 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 whatever you shirt, do. Shirt, shirt. It's evil. Can no one pick an armist. It's in the name, skin of evil. <laughs>